When De'Aaron Fox was first injured, it was Davion Mitchell who got the opportunity and the minutes to step up and take control of the starting unit. With De'Aaron Fox's return last night, Davion Mitchell was out of the rotation. Is this just temporary or are there a lot more DNP coaches decisions in his future to discuss this and more from Sacramento's big win last night? Tristy Rodriguez from NBC Sports Bay Area joins me right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time. For another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC 10 News, and I'm still riding the high of last night's Kings victory. What a fun night inside the Golden 1 Center for the Kings to put 132 points on the board against uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. De'Aaron Fox to make his triumphant return, and the Sacramento Kings offense explode with it. Uh, there are a lot of good vibes, right? We're just feeling good. Maybe Davion Mitchell's not feeling the same way because while the rest of the Sacramento Kings were playing really, really well, Davion was doing what we were doing, sitting down and and watching it all happen. Now, I'm not ever going to accuse Davion Mitchell of being someone to, uh, to, to pout or be frustrated. In fact, whether it's pictures of the locker room celebrations or if there were cameras catching the bench celebrations, I'm sure, sure Davion was supporting his teammates uh, as much as, as he normally does and as much as his teammates support him uh, when he's playing. But I imagine he's probably not too happy with the fact that he, at least for a night, was out of the rotation and it was guys like Keon Ellis and Chris Duarte that were taking minutes that he probably believes should belong to him. Well, we don't know if this is going to be a short-term thing. This might just be a game or two. We might see more of Keon Ellis and Chris Duarte against the Lakers tomorrow to start this road trip, or maybe Mike will go back to Davion Mitchell. We have no idea what Mike is thinking. I feel pretty confident in saying Davion will play for the Sacramento Kings again at some point this season. That'd be a pretty extreme circumstance if he fell out of the rotation that completely. And I don't think that's the case at all, but how long will this last? And and is it the right move for Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings to have Davion sitting on the bench, at least for the time being Tristy Rodriguez from NBC sports Bay area slash California uh, joins me. Uh, She covers uh, the the Sacramento Kings does an amazing job. Uh, She, makes the trek from the Bay area all the way to Sacramento for Kings games. And she's awesome. I had the opportunity to have her on the lockdown Kings podcast for the first time over the off season. She's uh, great up and coming. And, and uh, I, I had to have her back was so glad that I was able to, to get her back. So please enjoy uh, this conversation with Tristy. We talk about the Davion Mitchell thing, talk about the fun of last night, preview this six game road trip that the Sacramento Kings are going on a lot of good stuff here. And we want to hear your thoughts as well. So make sure you leave them uh, in the comment section down below. If you're watching on YouTube, or you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Matt George Sack, and you can email me at any point, Matt George Sports at gmail.com. 
Morning after a big win for the Sacramento Kings, and I'm very thankful to be joined by Tristy Rodriguez, digital content editor for NBC Sports Bay Area. Her main assignment is the Sacramento Kings, which means she drives all the way up to Kings games and then drives all the way home that same night, gets up seven hours later to do a Locked on Kings podcast. <laughs> That's how uh, much we appreciate Tristy. Uh, second time having you on the show Last night, just a lot of fun, a lot of good vibes, a lot of good energy. It seems like this Kings team, for lack of a better term, kind of has their swagger back a little bit. Of course, De'Aaron Fox's return helps with that. What were your, I guess, impressions uh, of last night's win? Yeah, I mean, you said it best. It was just a really good, fun win, and I feel like we haven't experienced maybe that fun win this season. Yes, you know, they've won games, but like this seemed like the, probably the best team win. Um, definitely helped that Darren was back on the court. We had Mike Brown hyped up on the sideline. Like, I mean, if you see Mike Brown smiling, pumping up Malik Monk after taking a charge or trying to take a charge, you know, it's going to be a good night. So I feel like, you know, like you said, the vibes are back. It seems like Sacramento Kings basketball, the offense was flowing. Um, they're definitely taking a step, step in the right direction for defensively. And things were just rolling for them. And it was really, really fun to watch. De'Aaron being back doesn't just make Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray start hitting their threes, but but you look at the numbers, the five games that Fox is out, Kings are averaging 102 points per game. The four games that Fox is playing, they're averaging 127. What are you seeing from Fox specifically that makes this offense that much better? Because that's not just a minor increase. That's a massive increase when Fox plays. Right. I mean, I think it just dates back to last season and the big word that we used over and over again, which is continuity. Um, I think just the togetherness that this team has with Darren in the lineup, you know, health was on the King side last year. And so when they faced a little adversity this year, um, we got to see really how important, I mean, we knew it, but we got to see firsthandedly how important Darren was to this offense. And I mean, he proved it last night. He's, he proved it all last season. And I think, you know, the way that he just runs the ball, the pace, the confidence, it just kind of rubs off on Keegan and Kevin and some of the other shooters. Um, so I think, you know, with him on the floor, it just, it just really helps the offense. I'm sure we'll talk more about last night as we go on, but Tristy, you were uh, asking Coach Brown uh, pregame, postgame, some of the other players uh, about Keon Ellis, and and a lot of us noticed Davion Mitchell getting a, a DNP coach's decision last night, at least for a night. He seems to have fallen out of the rotation. Keon earned that spot, and we know Mike is not afraid to reward guys when they play the way that Mike wants them to play. Uh, before we kind of get into, I guess, what you learned from from Coach Brown and everything last night, what were your initial thoughts on seeing Mitchell, at least for a night, kind of fall out of his rotational spot? Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised. I think I uh, checked, and it was his first DNP since, like, December of last year. Um, like you said, I'm Mike is not ever going to be afraid to change up the lineup, and I think he's sending a message to the guys, which he's, you know, he's done early um, in the season as well with Chris Duarte and, you know, preseason stuff like that. But, you know, I think it, it's a little upsetting for me. I was really excited for Davion this season. I think he put in all of the work in the off season and I was super excited, looking forward to seeing how, um, how he was going to perform. And of course you never want to see a player go down, but when Darren was out, I was really like excited to see how Davion would step up and, you know, make the most of the opportunity, the rare opportunity of Darren being out. And, you know, it things just 
didn't fall. I think the games in Houston um, really like, and it's not to say, you know, they lost those games because of Davion, but filling a role like De'Aaron's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not one person that can do it, but I think Keon just, you know, ran the offense a little bit better. And then also just defensively, you know, Mike Brown talked about his length, um, his, uh, you know, the way that he defends, he just had the edge over um, Davion just slightly. And yes, it's a long season. You know, I don't think Davion's fully out of the rotation, and, um, you know, I would like to see how he bounced back. I think that game against Portland, you know, he dropped, uh, I think, like 16 points off the bench um, after, you know, Keon took his spot in the starting lineup. So I don't think, I, I, I hope it doesn't mess with his confidence. I hope, you know, he takes this as I'm going to put in the work and I, I'm going to show them, yes, like I, I still can be, you know, average a couple minutes a game and earn his way back into it. But I think that's exactly what he has to do is earn his way back into the rotation because right now Keon has the edge. I don't mean to undermine what what Keon did in the two games that he started, but I, I kind of felt like the expectations for Keon versus the expectations for Dave for Davion were vastly different from the extent that Keon comes in. He's not really a point guard. He's a, a two-way guy. It's like, hey, you give me energy that's that's enough for me but it wasn't like Keon was technically the point guard it wasn't really him running the offense it was more of a combination of Herder and Sabonis and and, and kind of everybody else but the energy was much better to start those two home games compared to um the the, the two games in Chicago and then now or, and then when Davion starts it's hey man replace De'Aaron Fox as best as you possibly can bring the energy and bring the tempo which I think he lacked there were times far too many times that he was walking the ball up the floor and you're going Davion go like we know you're capable of playing fast we know Davion likes to play fast but I think Davion was looked at more as like you have to make up for some of the scoring you have to make up for some of the playmaking like do you think I'm onto something there that that Davion is not asked to be doing too much but he was certainly asked to be doing more than what Keon has been doing uh in these past couple of games yeah and I think that kind of I mean I agree with you I think um the expectations were definitely different but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for Davion like I think you know, that's kind of a compliment and like, hey, we saw you put in, um, you know, the work in the offseason over the summer. We know what you're capable of. Now go do it. And, you know, like you said, it was a little frustrating at times. Like, why are you walking? You know, like run, run the ball. You know how to do it. Um, but I think, you know, I, I just feel like the the Kings last season were, were so were known for, you know, getting off to a hot start. And I think it, it's not like Keon ran it better or Davion ran it worse. It's just the way that the offense was going in those last two games versus, you know, the games that Davion started. Mm -hmm. The first, or sorry, the the two games in Houston that he started, um, things were just falling and flowing better with Keon. And, you know, I I think because Keon's a two-way guy and Mike said last night, you know, that it was the way in that second Houston game where he stepped up in the garbage minutes that, you know, um, really impressed Mike Brown. And that's what he's looking for. So honestly, I don't think it's so much like Mike saying, yes, I think Keon is better than Davion or Keon performed better than Davion. It's more of who's going to be that guy that steps up even when we're down by 30 or 40 or 10 or five, you know, it, and for the Kings, it was Keon. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Ibotta. Hey, how does a free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure that your Thanksgiving table and that spread is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy? Turkey is great, but we all know the best part of Thanksgiving dinner is all the sides, right? Well, with Ibotta, you can make sure that you get 
all of the family's favorite dishes, side dishes, the turkey, and all while giving yourself cash back. Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything that you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Boom, you're getting cash back. Other apps give you points that really don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can then cash into your bank account. You can use that money to go Black Friday shopping. Use that money to go buy tickets to a Sacramento Kings game when they get back in town. Go and download the Ibotta app now. Use code LOCK to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCK. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. I think last night was staggering for a lot of us to see Davion not play, but my gut says this is like a short-term thing. My gut says Davion's probably going to be back into the rotation maybe as early as the uh, Wednesday against the Lakers or or certainly during this upcoming road trip. Like how do you how do you feel about how long this lasts and Davion's opportunity to to earn his spot right back? Yeah, I mean we know that Mike Brown, you know, doesn't hesitate to to make a change or you know switch things up but he's also a coach that does not give up on his players we saw that with kevin and keegan when they were in their shooting slumps granted you know they're starters and they've earned their roles but like i don't think mike brown's like man you know davion's just out of my rotation i do think he's a little bit on a short leash just because um of you know mike brown even talked about like you know i can't play everybody um you know every game but I think the way that Davion responds the next time that he gets an opportunity will say a lot. And I think Mike Brown looks for those types of things. So as long as Davion just, you know, remains confident and we know what he can do defensively, we've seen it. We're, the Kings will definitely need that in this upcoming road trip. But I think just also how he paces himself offensively and, you know, if he can score a few points for them and, you know, just keep that confidence, I think they'll speak volumes for Mike Brown. Kind of building off of what you're saying there, is there any like anything specific that you think like the next time Dave Young gets his opportunity, he needs to do this to really help him get that spot back? Like something specific. Did you get the sense that Mike Brown or, or the Kings are looking for anything specific from Dave Young when he is out there? Um, I mean, I feel like Mike Brown's big thing is to buy in defensively, I think, mm-hmm. but that's not something that you need to tell Davion. Right. Um, I think, you know, like going back to Kevin and um, Keegan, their shots weren't falling, but Mike did not care about that. He was like, how are you running back on the other side? And if you're not letting the shot not falling affect you defensively, I'm keeping you in the game. But, you know, if you're letting guys blow by you, putting your head down, or, you know, you are hesitating on the other end of the floor, you're, you're, you know, your shots aren't falling and then you hesitate or you pass the ball or you give up a wide open look. Um, he's pulling you out. So I think that might be something that Mike Brown be looking for. You know, Dave Brown has a great shot. Um, he hasn't really displayed it this season. I think that game against Portland was, um, you know, the best game he had offensively, mm. but I think, um, you know, that could be something that he's looking for is just if he's open to shoot it and don't hesitate, keep that confidence. And I think that's something that David will be able to do. Well, speaking of the defense last night, uh, Keegan Murray had the assignment of handling uh, Donovan Mitchell. And I'm probably going to mix that up at some point. Uh, <laughs> but and Donovan, he still got 
I think 22, 23 points, something along those lines. Had to take a lot of shots to get it. Was not an efficient night for him. Mike was very pleased with with uh, Keegan's effort on that side of the floor. I guess what have you seen from the growth of of Keegan specifically as a defender, and and do you feel confident with the Sacramento uh, or Sacramento's ability going forward to assign Keegan the assignment of guarding the best wing or forward on each team on a nightly basis? One hundred percent. I think. Keegan has shown so much growth on the defensive end of the floor and it's just been so like as a basketball nerd, I'm just, it's been so exciting and fun to watch Keegan this season defensively. And even when he was in his little, you know, funk in the beginning of the season, um, defensively, he was still locked in and he's just getting better and better each game. Like Donovan Mitchell is not an easy task. Hmm. Steph Curry is not an easy task. And we've seen Keegan, you can't, stop these guys but you know you definitely can limit them and i think last night i was trying to keep track i think donovan mitchell was held scoreless throughout uh, until like middle of the second quarter and i saw a stat last night um and i mean i have to check this but um i think donovan was held to four of 12 shooting when guarded by keegan or something like that um so it's just you know, we can look at the stats, we can look at everything, but just seeing the effort on the court, it's just been really, really exciting to watch for Keegan. And it's so early in the season and it just seems like each game he's getting better and better. And it's just a testament to him locking in and buying into what Mike Brown is telling him. And as a second year player, like the sky is truly the limit for him. And I've just, I'm seeing, I know this comparison was thrown out there, I think over the summer, but like, I'm truly seeing glimpses of like, Kawhi Leonard there. I'm sorry, just going to throw that out there. But, like, it's just really fun to watch. Well, I was saying this last night, too. He put up a sneaky Kawhi Leonard-esque type stat line last night because he had a super efficient shooting night. Scored 20, uh, 24 points, I believe, or, or something along those lines. Maybe it was 23. Uh, and also, I mean, he pulled down eight rebounds in addition to the great defense that he played. Like, anybody who sees Keegan Murray and, and sees that stat line alone, it's going, that's not good enough to be an all-star. But that's what Kawhi Leonard has done throughout his career. Now, he'll add a 30 and 40 point game every once in a while on top of that to reestablish the fact that I'm Kawhi freaking Leonard. But (laughs) those kind of stat lines are that's the all star ability that they can that this Kings team believes uh, Keegan possesses and can do consistently. And if that's who Keegan can be, especially in big games, man, look out. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, he's so young and he's so, I think, just like, his personality he's so even killed he's so like you know never gets too high or too low we talk about all the time but like i think that really like helps him and you know not getting too low during i mean they're all professionals you know every he's a shooter every shooter goes through a slump but like just the way that he never let it discourage him defensively it's just it's been so amazing and like i said like i I can't say it enough i'm just really excited for him uh throughout the rest of the season Tristy, were you fooled a little bit by the final score last night? And I say this because I was, because I looked up at the final score and I look at the 132 for the Kings. I'm like, yeah, it felt like this Kings team could not miss. And then I look at the Cavs and I see 120. I'm like, I feel like the Kings played way better defense than giving up 120 points. And some of the numbers weren't great. 50 points in the paint, 25 second chance points. Like there's things that the Kings definitely need to clean up. And I think Mike said after the game, like the the, the length of the Cavaliers bothered the Kings and, and their shooting kind of masked that a little bit. But I felt like the effort was similar to that of the Oklahoma City game on on Friday when they held the Thunder to under 100 points. So I don't know how much I should read into them giving up 120 when it felt like defensively they still played a really, really good basketball game. 
They won, Matt. Look, let's just leave it at that, okay? No. <laughs> <I feel> that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, honestly, like when I was writing my stories last night, I like had to triple check the score. Like they gave up on their are you sure? I, I agree one hundred percent. Um, I don't think it's, you know, something to like look into too much, um, at least for now. Um, but I think they're like I said this earlier, but they're definitely taking a step in the right direction defensively, I think. And, you know, last like comparing this team to last season defensively like it just seems like they really are ma- having an emphasis on my on what mike brown is saying and asking of them and yes they gave up 120 points last night but i mean with the the, the Cavs just smoked the warriors what twice in the past last week or something um the king still came out on top they found the way to win and it just felt like Going back to what I said, like, yeah, maybe they gave up a second chance points or um, we're getting beat in the paint, but like they didn't let it discourage them on the other end of the floor and we're still finding ways to, you know, score and get their offense flowing. Like I said at the top of the show, today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Now, I'll give you the strategy on this. Go and find a game this weekend or whatever game you can find in the in the near future in the NFL and just find the biggest over or biggest favorite that you can find right don't take the underdog cuz you're not worried about putting $5 down and only winning 50 cents that might be a bad bet uh, in the short term, but it's not about the, the the five cents that you're getting back. It's about the $150 in bonus bets that you're getting back. And then you can use that money to keep playing, whether you're betting on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more, betting on the NFL, betting on the NBA, or anything that FanDuel has to offer. Now is the best time to get in on the action at FanDuel. You can even bet on the Sacramento Kings and their ability to win the uh, NBA in-season tournament right now on FanDuel. They have so much, uh, so many different ways for you to play. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. Tip off the NBA season with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. When I look at Kevin Herter, I'm, I'm having a hard time uh, deciding fully who to give the credit to. I mean, of course, Kevin deserves a ton of credit for sticking with it, for working through this slump, and especially for buying in and doing the other things that Mike Brown has been asking of him. The He's rebounding better. Uh, his defense is, I think, the best of his career to this point. And then I want to go to Mike Brown and go, like, man, how did you do this? Because we were questioning during the preseason, hey, are you kind of killing Kevin's confidence a little bit by making that move and replacing Herter with Duarte? And we saw how poorly Kevin started the season uh, shooting-wise. We're like, did Mike Brown break Kevin Herter? What is going on with Kevin? Can he play the style of basketball that the Kings want to play? Now here, these last couple of games, really the starting at the Blazer game has been kind of the, the coming out party for Kevin. I guess from your perspective, how much are you enjoying seeing the growth of him and and where do you give the credit i i man it's been really great to watch kevin i think uh you know king's twitter y'all are toxic because <laughs> the tweets that were going around about kevin during his slump man it was just really frustrating to see those types those kind of tweets and i'm just really proud of Kevin for the way that, you know, he, he's a professional. Again, he's nearly a 40% three point shooter, um, throughout his career. 
but just the way that he, you know, did it, I think the going, going back to the playoff series against the Warriors last season, that, I think that took a toll on him, you know, defensively, it was it exposed him a little bit. Like it was, he out of shape. I don't know, chasing around Steph and clay. And, you know, I think that really took a toll on all of the players and we saw it, you know, carry over in preseason and early in the season. And it was kind of like, okay. And I think, that the way that Mike has made an emphasis for defense, I think that might have played a role in, you know, some of these players' uh, offensive slumps, that they're trying to dial in so much on the defensive end that, you know, they're, they're chasing around guys, they're fighting through screens, they're, you know, trying to get a body. And they're really, like, especially from Kevin, who, you know, has been ex- exposed defensively before, he's really trying, and you can see that effort. And Man, I love watching him. I feel like he there's times where I'm seeing him work his butt off and like whoever he's guarding will just just drop drop the bucket. I'm like, man, you can't defend that any better. You can see the effort, though, that he's displaying. And it's just really encouraging to watch. I think Mike Brown, you know, Kevin has credited Mike Brown pushing him and challenging him. And when he when his shots not falling to find other ways to contribute rebound, you know, defense. Uh, defensively deflections things like that and I think we've seen that so far from Kevin so it's encouraging um for for what you know how he continues to grow throughout the rest of the season one of the things I've learned Tristy following your your work over the last uh season and some change is you have a really unique eye to notice things that are beyond just the like the big storylines of the game at some point you have to talk about and write about the the main things that are happening right because they're just unavoidable but again an example of last night it's it's Keon and Davion that draws your attention not Fox returning or the Kings offense or whatever it is I'm just curious with this team is there anything that over the course of this season so far or preseason or whatever it is that's just kind of drawn your attention that you think is is kind of unique or interesting about this team that maybe has been talked about but only a little bit compared to to the major topics that we have. Yeah, I mean, I think um last season was such a fairy tale, I guess, and we didn't know what to expect going into it and then, you know, the big question was how are the Kings going to respond this season? Year 2, Mike Brown, you know, the Kings brought back most of the same players with a few new additions and I think just the biggest thing is how is, you know, Mike, Mike Brown still figuring out the lineups, which is why, you know, I kept asking him about Keon and Davion. And I think, like I like I said before, you know, it's the way that Mike Brown is just sending messages that, like, anybody can play at any given time. And with, you know, Sasha, Chris, just the JaVale, uh, we saw Alex Len, you know, coming getting more minutes the way that Mike Brown is utilizing different players in different scenarios. And I mean, every coach does that, you know, it's uh, matchups, it's a feel for the game, but like just the way that I think the depth is the most exciting for me this season. And the way that Mike Brown has utilized it so far and continues to use it is something that I'm really excited and looking forward to um, for the rest of the season. Finally, Tristy, King's about to go on a long six-game road trip. It begins with the Los Angeles Lakers, and uh, I think the San Antonio Spurs are in there. They have a, a meeting with the Dallas Mavericks, who are playing really well, back-to-back games against the New Orleans Pelicans, who can present problems for Sacramento. I mean, this is not going to be an easy road trip for the Kings. The goal anytime on a major road trip is always to go 500 minimum. I know Mike Brown has higher expectations than that, but like looking at this road trip, uh, I mean, the Kings are coming off of a perfect homestand after going 0-3 on the road trip before that without De'Aaron Fox. Is there anything specific that you're looking for you think like the Kings need to uh, make sure 
they do this and establish this or carry this over from their, their homestand in order for themselves to be effective. I'm going to say at my best Mike Brown impersonation, physicality. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, that's obviously been an emphasis this season. And I think uh, to a certain extent, the Kings, you know, are going in the right direction. Let's just say that. And I think on the road, you know, you're facing not easy teams and it starts with that and it, and it will end with that. I also think um, the way that they start games is going to be really important. Um, again, on the road, you know, that that can be a, that can make or break, you know, the confidence, how, how things go for the rest of the game. But I think having Darren back in the mix and we saw it didn't look like he skipped a beat last night. So I think having him back in the mix will will really help uh, the Kings out. And also just going back to the depth, like I, I would like to see, you know, um, players coming off the bench and and being confident and dialing in defensively and, you know, having shots fall. I'm, I'm really encouraged by how um, Kevin and Keegan's uh, offense has been lately. And so I think, you know, if the Kings can play their offense the way that they did last season um, during this road trip, which and how they displayed it last night, um, I think, you know, they, they should be fine. But again, it goes back to, um, how they dial in defensively, and that starts with physicality. <laughs> and of course, when the Kings return home, they have an in-season tournament game against the Golden State Warriors uh, again. And I, I mean, you work for NBC Sports Bay Area, so you're right in the middle of both of these teams with what you do. Are you as sick of these two teams playing each other as I am at this point? I mean, I know it's fun basketball, but at this point, I'm just like, get them away from each other. I've, <laughs> I've seen enough. I am so sick of it. And like, just walking to the office and everybody's Warriors fans. And I'm like, don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. But like, and, and, and it's so frustrating because the Cavs just beat the Warriors twice. The Kings just beat the Cavs. Like the game again. I, okay. I get it. You know, De'Aaron was out the game against um, the Warriors in San Francisco. They should have won that game. Yeah. I, and it's crazy to say that because I was going into it like, Darren's out. I'm not even going to be like upset about it. No expectations. And of course it had to come down to clay game winning bucket. Like I just need one win from them. <laughs> like for my mental health, for my, uh, just for my emotional stability, it, it it's going to be a fun one. It, I'm sure it's not going to disappoint. Like none of the other past matchups have, but man, it would be really nice to walk into the office and for once ring my little cowbell over everybody's Warriors hats and Warriors jerseys and just be able to talk my trash talk for once. That's why you're one of us, Tristy. Before I let you go, uh, can you share with us really quick and share with everybody, like, where can they find your work and, and what kind of content are you uh, and, and your team and, and Tom and everybody over there specifically trying to provide from the Kings perspective? Because they see NBC Sports Bay Area, and I know that's they have the broadcasting right to the Kings, but that doesn't mean that, that the Warriors dominate the coverage over there. You guys are turning out great content. So uh, uh, what can they expect and where can they find it? Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so I'm Tristy Rodriguez on all social platforms. Um, and it's NBC Sports Bay Area slash California. So, um, but it is funny because, you know, we post lots of Kings things on our channel and people are like, oh, Sacramento's the Bay Area now? Like, okay, continue to read. It says Bay Area and California. Um, but yeah, no, you know, we are really trying to um, get out the best content that we have that we possibly can. Um, it's definitely helping. I'm going to much more home games this season um, and trying to, you know, produce the best content that I can. 
Um, but yeah, just continue to follow us. It's a, a long, long season, but it's going to be fun. And I'm having a great time, you know, getting to talk to you and all the other guys out there. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Well, I'm looking forward to stealing you back and getting you more here on the Locked on Kings podcast over the course of this season and the seasons to come. Tristy, you're amazing at what you do. Thank you for taking this time. Thank you for uh, for for repping the Sacramento Kings and, and covering the Sacramento Kings the way that you do, even though you're planted in NMA territory. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll do it again very soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Big thank you to Tristy again for joining me here on Locked on Kings. She made the trip all the way home late last night, didn't get home till 1.30 in the morning, and then got up and, and recorded this podcast with me at 8.30 this morning. So I'm really appreciative uh, of her for doing that. Check out her work. She's amazing. Just add her to your rotation uh, of Sacramento Kings media members and content creators because her work is is fantastic over there at NBC Sports. And we got to show her love because she's uh, she's in enemy territory surrounded by Warriors writers and, and, and Warriors media members. And look, I know that their website probably gets a lot more Warriors hits than it does Sacramento Kings hits, but we can do our part to support her content, to show her uh, and show NBC Sports that the Kings do very much have a active following here. And if they have the TV rights and TV deal to Sacramento Kings, well, then Kings fans are, are going to support that kind of content. Um, so go and, and support the work that she does. She does amazing stuff over there. And I appreciate her again for uh, taking the time here on Locked on Kings. I appreciate you, of course, for taking the time to listen to the Locked on Kings podcast. Tomorrow, Kings, Lakers. It's a big game already, but it's an especially big game for Locked on Kings because for the first time ever, we're doing a live watch party. You can join me at Sackyard Community Tap House in downtown Sacramento. Come. You don't need to buy tickets. You don't need to do anything. Just show up, get a drink, watch the game with your fellow fans and Locked On Kings listeners. I'll, I'll be there, of course, and you can come say hi to me. A lot of different Sacramento Kings media members, some of my friends in this industry uh, are going to be there. So I would love, love, love to see you there. Game tips off at 7 o'clock. You can show up early. You can show up midway through the game. Whatever it is, come to the Sackyard Community Tap House and, uh, and and join me in my first ever uh, Locked on Kings watch party. I would really appreciate it to see you there, and, and I hope the turnout is great, and hopefully we can watch the Kings beat the Lakers again together. So I uh, I can't wait for that to happen tomorrow. A little nervous about it, not going to lie to you, but I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a good time. So uh, appreciate your support of the Locked on Kings podcast as always. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode, the post-game episode after the Kings and Lakers game tomorrow night uh so i will see you then until then my name is matt george you have been listening to the locked on kings podcast part of the locked on podcast network